life's honor to create costumes. Thank you to the Academy. Thank you for honoring African royalty and the empowered way women can look and lead on screen. Did I ever tell you about where you slept the week we brought you home? Oh my God, yeah, like a million times. Right here, like a beautiful, little, snoring, pooping kitten. You went to bed grown and then you woke up little. But that's for white people, because black people don't have the time. I know! I'm Mary Jane Paul. Thank you for listening. All right. We back. We back for another episode. Azula, you with me. All right. We back for another episode of Hear Me That Remote. It is Jasmine. Hey. And Tasia. Hey. And Val, me, hello. <laughs> and Val, me, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And we are going to talk about Little. <laughs> Wait, when did that movie come out? I should probably, I should have wrote that down. Um, a few weeks ago. Doesn't matter. It's out. So <laughs> go see it. That ain't good time. It don't matter. Yeah. It's out. It stars uh Marseille Martin, Issa Rae, Regina Hall. April twelfth. Um oh April twelfth. Okay, yeah. So it's been out, I guess almost a month. It'll be a month next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother's Day. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, look at my mom calling me during the episode. Oh. Uh, you wanna answer it? Yeah, let's just answer it. See how she's doing. Hey mom. Hey, good morning, Jasmine. How you doing? Good. I'm actually on the air. On the air? On the, on the air? Like the radio? Yeah, they hear you talking now. Yeah, I'm going to give you a call back. <laughs> okay, bye. Love you. Bye. Sorry, y'all. I'm on air. I'm on the radio. <laughs> I love oh it. Oh my god! I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that was Sorry. so cute. Perfect timing. Right. right. Um. Okay. So, um. Yeah. So little already said who's in it. Um. So just a short like little summary of what the film is. Um. Jordan, who is played by Regina Hall and Marseille Martin. Um, is a take no prisoners uh, tech mogul who torments her long-suffering assistant, who's played by Issa Rae, April, and the rest of her employees on a daily basis. She soon faces an unexpected threat to her personal... <laughs> wow, this is very dramatic. Sorry. <laughs> I just got <laughs> this from somewhere. This? I got this from somewhere and pasted it. <laughs> she soon faces an unexpected threat to her personal life and career when she magically transforms into a 13-year-old version of herself, Right before a do-or-die presentation, Jordan will now rely on April more than ever. Um, if April is willing to stop treating, wait, is a- if April is willing to stop treating Jordan like a thirteen-year-old child who has an a, an attitude problem, mm. okay. So, I mean, obviously, okay. Jordan is played by Regina Hall. She turns into her thirteen-year-old self, who is Marseille Martin, and hijinks ensue. So, how we feel about it? I hated it. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, go ahead. You hated it. I hated it. What did you hate about it? <laughs> it was very awkward. Like, I just did not like it. Okay. Like, some of... the First of all, the trailer gave you the show. Yes. The show, the film. Yes. Like, you didn't have to... I didn't have to watch it to, no. like, even get some of what I probably thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just really bad. I just... 
like Marseille Martins, with your outline later. Marseille Martin to me was amazing. Her acting mm-hmm. was really, really good. Okay. But um just I don't know how to explain how I just did not like it. Like I just felt like it was like um what's this what's the movie that we don't even talk about anymore that was on um hair, nappy, Napoli ever after. That's how bad I thought it was. Um, okay. I'm- okay, maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to push back All on right, that. Maybe Hold not that now. bad. All right. Sorry. No, but go All ahead. Go ahead. All right. Ahead. <laughs> Hear me out. I don't think it might have been that bad, but mm-hmm. I just felt like it was executed that bad. So what didn't you like about it specifically? Like, was it the act? So you liked Marseille Martin. But um, that was, was it the it. jokes? Was it the, it was like, what exactly didn't you like about it? I don't, okay, like, her being bullied by that little white girl, and then it happening again, like. So, can I just, I'm sorry to cut you off, because one of my major critiques of the film is that, again, I feel like this is a critique of the last show we talked about, but why was half of them kids white? Why was that bully white? Why right. couldn't Erica from Stranger Things been the bully to right. Marseille Martin? I just because it just was getting just... really tired of all these unnecessary white people in <laughs> movies that I feel yeah. like because you could just cast a bunch of black people. And... So then she I was, don't get it. I just didn't get the. And then it was like the reason why she turned little was because the care. What's her name? Who? The character that turned her little, uh-huh. she was like, yeah, basically she, she was mean. just like, yeah, I kick your ass if you was my size. Mm-hmm. She didn't come back into the play until she turned her big again. But I'm just like, why well, couldn't they have went to the same school? And she'd be like, oh. And she was like, maybe she'd be like, oh, you, yeah, you were the one that turned me into it. She's like, oh, yeah, you her. All right, what's up? Like, yeah, I think that would have uh, been better if they added, if she right, went to the school. Right, and I'm just like, this. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't think about that. That's that's funny. I didn't think she was going to end up being in the movie until the end again, just because the way, have y'all seen Big or 13 Going on 30? It's the same. 13 Going on 30, I saw, I but love, Big, I, like I did Yeah, it's like the same sort of premise. So mm-hmm. it's just like in Big when the thing that turns him um, big. Um, you don't see it until the end of the film. So I kind of thought that that was going to happen. But to y'all point, I wish there was more in the school. Like I wanted to see Marseille Martin like try to acclimate to being a child again. I don't feel like they spent enough time in the school to me. I mean, shoot, even when she was with the kids, they was in her closet and I'm trying to figure out where she got on them clothes. Where them teeny clothes came from. Yeah, to dress the kids. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. Just horrible. Because she, like, styled all her friends. Right. right? Currently at that moment. And that was during (laughs) school hours. And then she gave them stuff to go home. Where did that come from? I didn't even think about that. They went to the store? (laughs) Like... So, Where did she get her suit from? <laughs> Napoli ever after. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like also, and maybe because I'm con- because well, first of all, when the when the film's preview and it came out, I instantly thought of Big, and I instantly thought of Thirteen Going on Thirty. Well, she all said of those that films, that was the inspiration, right, right? Right. So, like those little details, I guess I didn't think about because I love Big and. We don't know where he, well, I guess we do kind of know where he got, no, we didn't see him like going shopping or anything. Like those little details, I guess I wasn't thinking about just because they weren't important to me, but I do agree. Like 
I don't understand. I guess I just would have liked to see her in the school more. I would have liked to see a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tasia, because I'm about to hijack this thing. This is the elephant in the room. So I don't think it was, I don't think it was horrible, but I think it served its purpose. I agree with that. Like kids, I saw it with a few kids in the theater. They laughed. They giggled. They smiled. They found it funny. That was the demographic. Yes. Right. That's important to say. Mm -hmm. However, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that Regina Hall was the best person for that role. You know. <laughs> I felt like it was too silly at some points. And I just, I love Regina, right? Same. But she felt out of place for me in that movie. I agree. I felt like Marseille did great. I felt like even Issa Rae brought was funny. comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But Regina, it was just something. I'm like, who could have played that role better? And in my mind, I was thinking of Nia Long, but I'm not sure if that was even the right person for that. Yeah. I just felt like, I, I don't know if Regina Hall fit that role the way I would have liked to see it. Because it was, it felt too silly. It felt a little bit forced at times. It just didn't flow natural. To me. When you say it felt too silly, because I feel like the the movie, I mean, it is a silly, like, premise. And I Mm -hmm. think that I wanted it to go more silly, to be honest. I felt like they were too, I felt like the film was trying to reach adults too much. I feel like they should have made it even more. I thought the film was going to be PG. But when we went, it said PG-13 on the thing. And I'm like. I thought the film was supposed to be more of like a... I wonder why they made PG-13 because of Luke James stripping. I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> That's, I have no idea. Did they cuss? I don't remember. I don't remember them cursing. I thought it was going to be a silly because we don't... I feel I like... It was too, I feel like her role was too silly. Like when she came in and she like Push the little boy down. Like, what a grown adult is really See, doing that? But that's the thing. Like, I feel like because, like, comedies, like that, I don't even know what type of, what the name is it for, what the name of it is, but, like, that type of comedy of just, like, that screwball comedy. I like those, and mm-hmm. I don't see them. They always white people. So, I was excited for the film because I'm like, I just want to see this silly, funny film of this crazy, oh my God, she's a kid again. It was, it wasn't as funny. I didn't find it as funny as I would have liked it. I would have liked it even more funny. And that's what I'm saying. I wanted it more silly. And now Mm. that you're talking about Regina Hall, I felt like, like when she was, (laughs) when she was supposed to be like super mean, it was some points where it was like. Is this being? Is she overacting or it is was it something? Like, it just it just, didn't flow. <laughs> like, and that's one thing I will say. Like Issa in that case, like I felt like Issa was perfect mm-hmm. in that role that she played. But Regina, it was it just felt off to me. Well, it then, just really felt to off. say that Issa's to say that Issa fit perfectly in that role. To be honest, I feel like the role was written only specifically for Issa. Mm -hmm. I don't think nobody else could have played that but Issa Rae. Because to me, it just felt like... It felt like they took Issa from... um, What's the show? Insecure. Insecure and just put her in that role. And it was just like, yeah, so just act like Issa in Insecure. 
Because to me, I didn't feel like there was a difference between characters. So that's why I say it sound. It, to me, it felt like it was only written for Issa Rae. Nobody else could have played that role. Well, she did good because it flowed. She was. I laughed <laughs> more at her than, than I, I did anything else. Me too. I felt like start I'm, smacking your kids, like or spanking your kids. See, that like, wasn't that funny, was funny to me. Oh, that, just, that was like, funny to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I just <laughs> that I was a black force role. I just. That was a, I felt like that was a black joke force joke. Like, who like spanked their kids? Right. White people spanked their kids? Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but, oh, white people do spank their kids. Certain what? I, I know of white people who spank their kids. See, I know of none. So, yeah. that's, maybe that's why I felt like it was a black force joke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean... I was expecting jokes to be like, I mean, it's a black cat. It's, it's a black film. It's a bl- like, it's a, so I was definitely expecting, you know, jokes that are going to be, you know, specific. But I just, you know, it was cool. Like you said, it served its purpose. Yeah. Is it going to go down in history as one of the best f- comedy films ever? No. And that's fine. But, um, yeah, it just, well, I wanted it to be a little bit more sillier because it don't always have to be like a straight lace, like, like it's supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be funny. It's also supposed to capture the attention of children. So I felt like there was a lot of things where it was just like out of place. Very early in the film, there was a trans joke that was just, to me, like just kind of was like out of place and weird. And it got to the point where it was so noticeable and it left such a bad taste in people's mouth that somebody had asked Tracy Oliver, who mm-hmm. is the writer of the film about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And she replied and said, so somebody was like, um, whatever, they made mention of the transphobic joke or whatever. And she said, as a feature writer, when you hand in your drafts into the studio, you have no control over what ends up on screen. Often you're elated. Other times you're disappointed, which that sucks. I did not write that particular joke and was disappointed to see it. It was insensitive and unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was, it Very was so unnecessary. Because it, like, the point would have been made that, like, she, that Regina, what's the girl's name? Jordan, that Jordan was, like, this annoy, annoying neighbor right. without the joke. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, the joke really didn't add anything, anything. to it added nothing it added nothing it didn't add anything to the plot so yeah i was just kind of like oh okay but then think about it these are kids that see in this movie the demographic is kids excuse me the demographic is for kids why are you making a trans joke in a kid about a kid that doesn't make any sense you know what i mean that doesn't make any sense like it just yeah it just didn't that part didn't flow, but that's yeah. just you know, like maybe I don't, yeah, I don't know. I but it got a lot that. of pushback on social media mm-hmm. for that joke, mm-hmm. so I wish I was gonna see that. it, yeah, yeah, yep, was definitely expecting that just because it was just very out of place and weird. Um, but and I think I feel like when we talked about a wrinkle in time. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, you know, I was literally about to say, yeah. Like I feel like you know, films that are supposed to be directed towards kids and adults, or I guess the studio or writers or whoever have in mind that okay, obviously adults are going to be watching this too, and we want to capture their attention. Also, right. I feel like sometimes the wires can get crossed, and for me personally, and I mean, I wrinkle in time. 
was fine. You know, that was a straight kids, you know, film. This one was a bit different. I mean, obviously they're totally different films, but this one was a bit different just because I think that it was supposed to capture, of course, kids and adults, but you have this women-led, you know, cast, this black women-led cast, and it just, you know, it didn't really hit the mark for me, but also I have to realize that this is supposed to be a kid's film too. Right. So. right. I feel like you just have to keep reminding yourself. Like, I'm not sure where y'all saw it, but when I saw it in the theaters, they were laughing. Mm-hmm. And that's really who the movie was geared towards. Yeah. It was some was laughs. It was, it, was some, it was packed. When I went to go see it, it was pretty packed, which was, you know, it's really good. Um, but it was, you know, it was definitely some laughs. And I think the scene, honestly, they got the biggest laughs or had a reaction was when Issa and Marseille did that whole like singing part in the restaurant which I just wish they would have leaned more into that like just the zaniness of comedy like I just I don't know I think they actually played it safe with this film in my opinion Mm. I think so yeah I thought that was awkward I wish they would have chose like another song oh maybe I guess she's supposed to be little she's not a child Mm -hmm. she's a whole grown woman inside (laughs) a child's body so then I take that back I'm taking my comment back yeah, that was a good scene. I don't think so. Oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> I don't think the entire movie was good, so I just, I'm trying to give it something. I didn't like it because I don't see Regine, I don't see older Jordan doing that. But I guess that was supposed to be like her breaking her out of her shell. Yeah. Well, you didn't think that she was drunk? Oh, she right. did. Remember oh, she, that's what I thought. That. Like, mm-hmm. that's. That's what I got. I said maybe oh, drunk Jordan would have did that. That's okay. why I thought the scene was I totally was kinda... forgot the drinking aspect because yeah. she was sipping from East O. Yeah. Right. And, and I, then her tolerance mm-hmm. was nothing. So right. As a child. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that um, when, um, what's his name? Uh, Luke James. Luke James's mm. character. I think there was a moment, I can't remember when, where he talks about Jordan. And I think. Him talking about Jordan is supposed to let us know that there is another side to Jordan that maybe we don't see. Right. And maybe it came out in, you know, baby Jordan. So, mm, like, there is a other side to Jordan, but for whatever reason, she's like this bitch at work, I guess, because it's not even... That's the other thing, like, <laughs> Regina Hall's character, grown-up Jordan, is so exaggerated at this workplace. It's like, some parts were funny, and then some parts was just like, Okay, we get it. She's mean. She's supposed to be a mean person at work. She's a mean boss, but some of it was just like a lot. But yeah, you know. and then I wanted, I wanted her to when she became a child. I guess I wanted her to like be this boss ass like kid, like so like nobody like ran her. Like she was just this sass frass. I guess like little girl. But then it was like she reverted back to like it was like she didn't have her her real grown mind anymore, like in the school. Like I wanted her to like push that bag out of the way when that girl set that bag right there. Like, girl, I'm about to sit right here. Like, so move over. But it was like she was her old child again. Like she was the child that we saw in the beginning of the movie where people like picked on her and she didn't have a backbone. But she said that she didn't want to be like that anymore. But then she got like that again. Like, she let that girl, like, pick on her. I don't know. Like, I just... Oh, I don't even remember. She did... Oh, I thought she was, like, mean as a child, too. But there were moments where she wasn't. 
No, she got picked on as a kid. And yeah, I, th- I know she got picked on as a kid, but so when she reverted, when Marseille Martin started going to school, oh, right, they started putting stuff in her yeah, hair and right. stuff like and that. And they wouldn't let her sit. She had to sit at the weird table or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But I guess yeah. that was a... I guess that was a directing choice because it was like she was supposed to bring the kids up and let tell them they had their own self-esteem or something like that. Right, I and guess. I just also guess, I also think she was just in a, in this vulnerable state. Right, because she's back in school. Them kids don't know she's Jordan, like right. the adult. But like, she knows she's Jordan the adult. Right, yeah. So that's why it was just kind of weird. She she kicked Issa Rae ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why couldn't she have like? Because she already had authority over. You get what I'm saying? Like she, when you go into new situations, it may be hard for you to establish yourself the way other people see you. So she already she, Jordan, little Jordan, continued to boss around Issa Rae's character because that relationship was already established. But okay. when you're meeting you're new people, it may be harder for you to like break and like try to establish your dominance. I guess. And I say that because first off, she didn't want to be there and she had already had bad experiences. You going back into a place where you have all these bad memories. So that maybe she like not that she shut she down. She kind of revert back Right, to... but she became who she was before until she realized, I'm not doing this anymore. And I feel like that was part of the story of her being like, no, like, yeah, I'm going to do this towards the end when she, when her friends wanted to do that little talent show or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think she was, she wasn't as comfortable in this school space as she is at work. Okay, because she built she this really because she Right, because like, so she didn't get bullied. Right. right. That was the whole gotcha. right. Right. Whole, okay. Like okay. I'm I may not have explained that correctly. Like No, you did. Clearly, and I, I, that's true. But yeah, that makes that when makes you want comfortable, you're more likely to submerge and be like, you know, as opposed to be again. like, what the fuck you think you doing type mm-hmm. of thing. Right. These kids don't know. You get right. What they saying? don't they know who don't she know her. is. Right. <laughs> they don't know she knows who she is, but she they don't know who she is. Yeah. So and plus, it was just awkward. But that scene with um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the scene with Kevin. Um, what's the guy's name? The teacher. Oh yeah. And Marseille. I. It was just very. Funny. Are you feeling what I'm feeling? <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. Was so <laughs> funny. That she, was. He was like turning the other way. Look forward. Look forward. <laughs> that was, was awkward. So but funny. I did like the one with Luke James. He was like, oh, no, you need a timeout. And she was, like, basically kind of, like, feeling like, oh, like, you really, you really like me. Oh, okay, so what's up? Like, right. <laughs> and then he was like, he was no. Like, you're a like, child. You're like, a whole kid. <laughs> what are you doing? That was kind of funny. But they, they never showed her having a discussion like, that was me. <laughs> this isn't my daughter. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know what I mean? Like they we never saw them showed being, Luke James and in uh, and the conversation. The yeah, because like, I mean, I feel like with these films, you're also supposed to suspend reality a little bit. Gotcha. In real life, yeah, you would explain this what happened, but like it's a movie. It's ninety minutes. Like they can't fit all of this stuff in it. Like mm, I guess. at the end, you seen Big? Did Big go back and explain? No, I saw thirteen. Oh, going on 30. sorry. Okay, all right, big at that. <laughs> Go back and watch the film big, which is amazing. Like they, they not, they don't, 
All of those details, you, know, you just so can't honestly, fit it all. Honestly, being assholes, because you don't have to. Like, you get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we just being weirdos. Like, you don't have to. Like, we don't have to see a full-fledged. I mean, hey, it's not like I y'all actually, want to. No, so, I mean, no. Well, I, I didn't do. say that. I just said that. I, I do. Because I like. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. How y'all continue on with y'all relationship and this little <laughs> Maybe door, they did like, have the conversation. Exactly. I wanted have to a see point. it. <laughs> And then okay. what? That goes somewhere. This is a that's movie a, land. This is not that's a storyline. <laughs> that is a storyline. So they can't have a storyline, another storyline. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I just that's funny. But you want to know something? I got it I for two things. One, it it wasn't for me. I'm not seven. Two, I don't really like comedies like that. So the, oh, okay. the movie was just weighing heavy. Mm. on the reason why I didn't like it. Got you. Um, and that's fine. Yeah, so... That's fine. We're- I love the fact. I love Marseille Martin. Let's say yes. that. Let me say that. That's ahead, who's... Sis. Whenever you get to that point. Right, that like, Jasmine who's... keeps, like, moving I'm on sorry. before I get there. Like, can you let me segue? Can you let me do it? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> can you? Can you let me... <laughs> Make your time, though. <laughs> I mean, we're here now, so. <laughs> like, we are here now. We're child. here now. Take your time, though. Uh, Marseille Martin was an executive producer on this film, and she's the youngest executive producer, which every time I heard that, I was like, I could have swore the Austin Twins executive produced some of their films, but I ain't look it up. a long time. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> but I thought like they executive produced some of their films when they were kids. But Lizzie I didn't Lohan look it did, up, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. I don't know. I just when I oh sorry. Mm. Yeah. Oh Jesus, mm. I almost choked. Mm. Okay, you okay? Yeah. Timely. <laughs> yeah. Timely. <laughs> but um, yeah. So when I heard or read that Marseille Martin was the youngest executive producer, you know, that produced the film, I'm like, oh wow, didn't know that. That's amazing. And she has her production um, studios. It's called uh, Genius Productions. Mm -hmm. You follow her on Instagram. She takes pictures in this cute little office or space that she has set up for her production company. Um, And she has a first look deal with Universal. So we're probably going to see some more films. I know she has one that she talks about. Step Monster? Yes. Because we previewed that in an earlier season. Don't miss the preview. Oh, we did? Yeah, I mentioned. Oh, okay. Are you um, okay. present for that? I don't know. Were you hear that, Stephen? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. All right. So, yeah. So, she has some feels coming out. And um, she just seems like she knows exactly what mm-hmm. she wants to do in terms of her career. And she has, like, this vision for herself. And, um, you know, obviously, she wants to be a creator and to create. And I think that that's amazing Especially, you know, in Hollywood where it's not a lot of black women executives and heads of production houses and stuff like that. And I asked you all if, you know, to look up or to see if there are any black women executives that you have come across. And how hard was it to find any? Oh, very much so. Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> okay. Any that like work for a specific company that are putting out all of these films? Every other year, like somebody who doesn't own have their own thing. Oh, I didn't see. No, I didn't. Sean, <laughs> I mean, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, but she doesn't work at like Paramount. That's a good point. <laughs> she is Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I found three. Oh. Okay. And it took a minute because you going through. Deep dive search for, okay. I did. I like going through and trying to look. Okay, so when I even went on, like, the websites of, like, a Paramount or 20th Century Fox or whatever, and they have, like, their leadership team listed, and they yeah. have, like, their little bios where they like this, looking serious <laughs> with their arms folded. <laughs> it's like, you know, see you white. So it was easy to spot them when I found I them, I but it was just like, yeah, scroll and search through. Yeah. But I found three. Channing Dungy, who is now, she's the VP of Original Content at Netflix. She okay. was at ABC. She used to um, head up ABC's production. Um, another one, A.O. Uh, Davis. She is the senior VP of talent and casting for ABC Entertainment and ABC Studios. Oh. And then you have Alice Dickens Coblin or Coblin. Alice? Yep. Mm-hmm. She's a senior vice president um, and head of unscripted programming for Lionsgate and Stars. Oh, Lionsgate. Okay. Yeah, which I figured. I, Thought of Lionsgate because of Cole Black. Because if you've ever seen some films where um, Cole Black is like the production company that, yeah, they do like a bunch of like black films. (laughs) (laughs) But um, recently, as when I was looking, you know, through their website, um, Cole Black actually, Lionsgate let go. Yeah, they did. Cole Black, the whole, yep, the whole division. It was like almost 30 people or something. So they'll be just their own company now i guess oh, that's um, good. Which is, yeah that's good but it's also made me think like of course like the first yeah. a part of the first people to go is you know cold black cold black <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're gonna let go tonight okay <laughs> and um so yeah and i think it's important like it's really scary and kind of messed up that it took me, and i'm sure there are more and maybe i just you know it's just not public or maybe i can't find it or whatever but like all of the executives that I did see that are associated with these, you know, production companies, none of them look like me. Mm. None of them look like us, you know? And right. those are the people that are making these decisions of the programming that we watch. And I think it's, like, really messed up that I can only find three on my little half-hour search. We you talked know. about this specifically on a previous season where – um we talked about which so one of the things that i really liked about little maybe not the aspect of the actual film but the fact that it exists um because we talked about it about little black girls like who do they have to look up to within like films and like televisions and stuff like that and i think that little as well as um a wrinkle in time are good examples that can give black little girls something to say oh I see myself like on the screen I think we we were specifically talking about um um cartoon animation mm-hmm. um and we was like what what is going to be created for little black girls to actually see because I mean when we were younger we had not a plethora but we had like enough or we had a one or two or whatever the case may be um but who is going to do that now and I think Marseille will do that sometime within the future and i'm excited about that yeah she she talked about that um within her interview yeah that's all i kept seeing her talking about just wanting to be you know someone that little girls little black girls specifically can look up to and um i think you know like i said like she just has this clear like this is what i want to do this is what i was put on this earth to do Mm -hmm. and i think it's important because you know it's just not a lot within 
it's not a lot of people who look like a, like ugh, who look like us within this huge system that puts out all of this work, these films, these television shows. And for her to say, you know what, I'm gonna just start my own company. Okay, yeah, we, we about do to this. do this. On that's our what we about own. to do. Like, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's joining so many different women, as you mentioned, Shonda Rhimes, mm-hmm. um, Ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. um, Viola Davis, Regina King just signed a deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there are so many black women who are just like, who, you know, have gotten to the point of their career and being like, you know what, I'm just going to create what I want to see. Right. You know, and I think that that's just like super important. Issa Rae, Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah oh, really girl. is like, you know, the blueprint for, yes. mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, you know, um, people coming up and making their own production companies very early on. She established um, Flavor, mm-hmm. Flavor Unit in, I believe, like the early 90s. Mm. So, you know, which was huge, you know, for right. that time um, that she was able to just go ahead and, you know, start that company and say, you know what, I'm going to put, you know, some money behind um, projects. Right. What I want to see. And I think that's really important. So that brings us to the second part of us talking about um, a Variety open letter, an open letter that was on published uh, by Variety.com by Whitney Davis, who was a CBS um, executive. Mm. And she wrote this open letter basically talking about her experience of being an executive, one of the only black um, black women executives um, in the company. And I'm not going to like read all of it or anything, but I just want to, um, I just want to read this short piece that I feel like, or this short portion that I think that we all could probably identify with. Mm -hmm. We've never been executives of a um, production house or a studio, but listen to this. So this is Whitney Davis. Um, there were two black women working in production on the broadcast. She talks about working in CBS, CBS News. Um, myself and another, we both held the lowest ranking positions on the staff, not uncommon in most predominantly white institutions. Most of our white colleagues had trouble keeping our names straight. <clears throat> As a joke, they begin to call us uh, Weedra, short for Whitney and Deidre. In every job I've had at CBS, coworkers have confused me with other black women in the office as if we were interchangeable. I don't think most people understand how demeaning these daily microaggressions are, or maybe they do and don't care. So I wanted to read that piece because <laughs> Jasmine and I are former coworkers. Uh-huh. Tasia and I are former coworkers, and we worked for some company. And um, I have been called Tasia. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I, I yes I have been called Jasmine actually um and it's like we laugh about it and it's like ha ha but it's like the fact that you know that it doesn't stop <laughs> like after I mean, a year <laughs> or y'all been, after y'all the first were co-workers time. for like 10 years right <laughs> after the first time like it shouldn't even have happened to begin with, it's one point. thing if it's a slip of the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's another thing where it's like, no, yeah, no, we're not the same person. Like, you looking me dead in my face mm-hmm. and you calling me Val the whole time. <laughs> I don't even look like Val. You know Nothing what I'm saying? Like, like the, we don't look That actually like just recently <laughs> happened. So after I had my surgery, um, this man came back. Um, this man came from... 
um, another radio station who we acquired their radio station. And he knew my name for like a really, really long time until I went away, until mm-hmm. I went, took my month off for um, my surgery. And when I came back, he was just like, welcome back, Tina. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> a whole other name. Okay. <laughs> I was like, thanks. That's out of pocket. That's out of pocket. The people that looked like him in the room with me thought it like was like really hilarious. That's out of pocket. And they kept calling me that no. in the room. That's and no. I was just like, no. <laughs> and you then they knew f- me before. Well, and I, then they felt I like look different. Right. And then they felt like uh. to make it funny. They called him a different name. So they was like, mm-hmm. hey, George. What's going on, George? Because mm-hmm. it became like a punchline. Yeah, it's like the boom. Like, and it's like, <laughs> oh, no. None of this oh, shit Lord. is funny. Like, I can't. Yeah. It's, you know. Um, <laughs> wow. So I, you know, I just wanted to talk about, well, I didn't want to really, you know, get into too deep into our experiences because I don't want to make, you know, things uncomfortable. Yeah. But. Whitney Davis really, you know, first of all, shout out to her for even writing this and Mm -hmm. going into detail. I mean, she went into deep detail about different things that have happened to her over the course of her career at Mm -hmm. CBS. And of course, you'll have people say like, well, why she ain't leave and why she ain't da da da? And why was she still there? And it's like, that's a complicated question because people like to have their jobs. Like people like like checks. Money and live, (laughs) eat. Right. People like, you know, um, to work. And to be honest, you know, when you're really passionate about something or when you're focused, it's like you're not even thinking about all of that stuff that's going on. You're just thinking about the work that you're doing. And um, she seems very passionate about the work that she was doing. But unfortunately, you know, she had to deal with um, certain things, you know, in her company. And I just wanted to bring that to light, you know, to talk about. I wanted to bring it to light just to show, like, while we are making a lot of progress, mm-hmm. we just write it off a bunch of names of women who have started their own production, their own production companies. There are still some things that are happening internally at these, you know, these um, production houses um, that shouldn't be happening. Right. At all. So. Somebody's name. <laughs> Somebody's whole name. Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's wild. And I just... <laughs> Mm, that's bizarre. I sat in on a production, I'm sorry, a programming meeting um, maybe like a few weeks back. And not only was I the only person of color in the room, but I was one of the few women that were in the room. Mm, although there's a, thing, yeah. yeah, although there's a woman program director, mm-hmm there's still not a lot of women hold. And I was literally the only speck of color in the entire room that was talking about the new software that we're using um, at work. And it was just wild to me because out of the three music stations, one of them refers to um, the 80s, (laughs) which, I mean, they play music galore from African-Americans. And the other one plays Cardi B like nobody's business and Beyonce like nobody's business. But none of the hosts can can even reflect to their particular music or that even that genre of music. So it's just like, well, what in the hell do y'all talk about? Like, I think one of the um, one of the hosts says something about Nelly's um, 
hot in here song and he was like yeah it's really burning up and i was just like this is crazy as hell like Mm -hmm. but you know i digress yeah it's just a lot of experiences of the of being a woman also like in media but getting to like what whitney is talking about like she gets to the highest role i think that she has and she's trying to get like some other position this other management position and she talks about sitting down with the head of programming and being told like oh you know this was filled or you know we're not taking anybody for this and it's like you know there are so many barriers um for women um and black women and other women of color to try to you know do the work that they're doing and then also continue to rise higher in the company and they hit those roadblocks where they can't and you know i think it's reflected sometimes in the things that we see like we talked about little and i'm not saying now little was produced by will packer as production company and i'm not saying that there was a lack of anything in that film even though it wasn't we didn't really or you know overall didn't care for it or whatever Mm -hmm. but i think that it's important to have people at the top who reflect the stories that are coming out. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's important. Mm-hmm. I think it's dangerous to start telling these stories of diversity and it coming from a perspective of somebody who's not diverse. I think that you will find holes in any story that if you're not reflecting of, you know, like the demographic or the, the people that you're trying to like, the mark you're trying to hit or the demographic that you're trying to hit. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's terrible to see, to or to continue to hear these stories about black people or Latinx people like that. It's done by white, white people. And you'd be like, okay, this is stupid. But whatever. Hmm. It's good that, I, I think that's what I really liked about Little was that it was, come from a black woman through her eyes regardless of what i felt about it Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i really liked about it and it is refreshing to see just a movie like that in general from with black people in it period yeah you know what i mean it's Uh refreshing it's really refreshing even some of the clothes choices down to the yeah down Mm -hmm. to the clothes choice i don't even remember you know what was distracting me a little too? Regina Hall's wig. Mm, I didn't even pay attention <laughs> to it. Girl, just look at the poster or just like Google like the post. Like it's something off about that. <laughs> that part. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't even Sorry. pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I I saw I noticed it in like the preview and I was just like, what is that? <clears> noticing the wigs. <laughs> it just looked weird, but okay, whatever. Mm. But anyway, so little was it's okay. That's perfect. Like little was just okay. All right, and that's happy fine. for Marseille though. Yes, yes really happy I'm for really Marseille. She is definitely setting the tone, and I'm sure little girls would be like, "Oh, I want to make a movie or whatever." Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really encouraging to see her out here, just like starting to build a life after Blackish. Right. Yeah. So she's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, that little girl from Blackish. Like she's going, right. Like she's building out something, you know, a legacy of her own. Right. So that's really, that's another thing that's really important too. 
So, um, yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? That it? No, I'm just excited for the next project that she has coming out. Step Monster. I'm excited. It's funny. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, my bad. It's funny because um, (laughs) I saw a tweet that said, Y'all giving everybody a spinoff out for Blackish, but the person that y'all need to Listen, give a spinoff for talking about Marseille. Listen, oh, um, the funniest thing on there. She's hilarious. One of the she's really things. been able to blossom in that role too. So and she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she I was mean. looking at her Instagram the other day. Like she was like really pretty girl. She's so poised too. I like when you see Instagram. her interviews with different people. She oh, really yeah. go her own with all the. I saw her on the view. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. sis. Like mm-hmm. she commands the room. For her to be so young, yeah. she really commands the room when she does certain when she does interviews yeah. or it's it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But you can tell her mom is a beast. I was reading an interview where it was like all three of them. It was like mm-hmm. her mom, her dad, and like her. I'm trying to think of where it was. I mm-hmm. want to say variety, but it probably wasn't or people. I don't know. But I was reading an interview of them, and you can tell, like, their her parents, like, groomed her. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, is this the right time? Is this the right time? They set the that right solid time? foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just feel like on – so when she speaks, I just be like, damn, you was just really trained for this. Yep. All right. Is that it? Yep. We out of here? Yeah. All right. Don't forget to rate, subscribe. Um, follow us at HMTR Podcast. And see you later.